When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Doctor, Doctor, you gotta give us some good news. Yeah. Welcome, Destination Devi listeners. This is Jeff Mueller, Doctor of Physical Therapy, your host for the Destination Devi Injuries Pod. It's been pretty wild already. We're only to week three of the NFL season, and I have 37 key players to talk about on this injury pod. Insanity. View it this way, and including players who have already suffered season-ending injuries, we have had roughly 30% of our entire drafts in a 12-team, 18-round draft who are already injured. 30% insanity. Uh, that's way more than last year. Just hang in there. Hopefully it gets better from here. Just keep taking it week by week, and we'll just, we're in this together. All right, let's dive into this week's injuries. At quarterback, Joe Burrow, he's dealing with the calf strain. As we know, he admitted to re-injuring his calf week two uh, and noted you know, Reception Perception had a fantastic article. I touched on this after week one, uh, stating that the calf seemed to still be bothering him and affecting his throwing. Sure enough, week two came around, and he did re-injure his calf again. Uh, the Bengals play on Monday night, so we're not 100% sure what's going to happen here. A little bit of guessing, uh, but based on some videos, you know, I posted on this, the, the Bengals owner picked Joe Burrow up at practice, drove him around on the cart, was talking to him, Presumably, the owner was talking Burrow through, hey, you should probably sit. We don't want to risk a re-injury, something like Aaron Rodgers that happened. You know, your calf is strained. Your Achilles winds up getting ruptured. We don't want to have that happen. We need you to be 100%, even though we're 0-2. So I'll be curious to see what the Bengals decide to do here. Uh, we, we just won't know. Hopefully, we hear from either Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter what the Bengals' plan is. Uh, before Sunday morning, before we have to lock in our starters, I would err on the side of caution and sit Joe Burrow this week if you have him. Just play a safer option with less re-injury risk because there's always the chance. You know, Burrow suffered the calf strain July 27th, um, got back to practice, wound up re-injuring himself week two. Uh, that's a that's a large time frame. This was likely a moderate grade strain, um, and if he plays this coming week his re-injury risk is ramped up to probably at least 20-25% re-injury risk. So I'm just not loving that situation. If he scrambles, if he pushes off, the the high likelihood of him re-injuring and he leaves the game and you got four points out of him, I would just rather play a safer option uh, on Sat on Sunday. And especially for DFS, I'm fading Joe Burrow. I, I'm This is really tough to do, especially against this Rams defense, but you have to consider fading all of these Bengals players, probably outside of Joe Mixon. Mixon's probably going to see, you know, 20, 25 touches, and they lean on him. It's hard to trust what these wide receivers will do. Uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, hard to trust what they'll do with Jake Browning throwing the ball. Hopefully, Browning just gets the ball into Chase's hands and they can get some yak and go from there. But, yeah, we have some tough decisions on that one this week. C.J. Stroud, he's dealing with uh, right shoulder soreness still. Although he's off the injury report, he was getting some questionable or limited practices in this week, uh, but he was taken off the injury report and he is geared up to play. 
I'm playing C.J. Stroud up until the point where his shoulder actually keeps him from playing snaps. You know, he's out there throwing 40-plus pass attempts a game. Houston's not afraid of having him sling it at all. Um, you know, he's he's been producing or, or sustaining production out of some of these wide receivers at a high rate. Nico Collins is a wide receiver one. Tank Dell put up a ton of points last week. Robert, Robert Woods, Bobby Trees, he's putting up a ton of yards. So I, I'm rolling – I'm, I'm riding the wave. I'm rolling with Stroud still this week, even with the shoulder soreness, uh, and I'm just going to ride the wave until this actually keeps him out of practice and a game. Anthony Richardson, he has been ruled out with a concussion. Gardner Minshew is lined up to start. Uh, Jared Smola posted some great intel on Minshew's target distribution, which included nine targets to Michael Pittman Jr. and around three to four to everyone else, including Zach Moss. Given that, if I really needed a tight end spot, spot start, I'd consider Kylan Granson. Um, he was he was looked at, targeted in the red zone, so he could produce some high value touches just on limited touches if he gets a touchdown. But really, the main two I would want to play out of uh, out of Indianapolis would be Michael Pittman and Zach Moss. I do believe Anthony Richardson will be able to play next week. Bryce Young, he's ruled out with an ankle sprain, and it sounds like this could be a multi-week absence. I still haven't seen any video on what exactly happened, if this is a high ankle, if this is a low ankle, but it does sound like it will cost him a couple weeks, which typically fits more of a high ankle timeline. Uh, if I hear any news, just keep an eye out on my Twitter at jmthrivept. I'll, I'll post that once I see it. Uh, but for now, yeah, Andy Dalton's going to be starting this week for Carolina. I don't love that for this matchup. Um, you're probably not starting any Carolina Panthers wide receivers anyways. If you are, uh, you should be in a rebuild and hopefully tanking for top three, top four pick next year. Uh, but yeah, Andy Dalton starting. Maybe that's a little bit of boost to Hayden Hurst, but I don't want to start any of these wide receivers. At running back, Austin Eckler has already been ruled out. And unsurprisingly, we, we did hear Brandon Staley say, you know, we're going to see how Austin Eckler is doing over the next few weeks. A lot of people zeroed in on that statement. But as we knew, you know, the Chargers have a week five bye. So there was already some projection that Eckler would be out until after week bye, the week five bye, possibly returning not until week six. So I think this is a big boost to Joshua Kelly. You know, his next two matchups this week and in week four before the week five bye, he's got some great matchups and Kellen Moore, well, you know, he calls plays in line with the weakness of the defense, the defense that they're facing that week. So I do think Joshua Kelly is going to return to being a, a solid running back, too, with touchdown upside the next two weeks. Obviously, he had that really rough matchup last week against Tennessee. But yeah, Kelly returns to being a solid, solid uh, play the next two weeks. And honestly, a solid sell uh, if if you have him, if you're hoping his value increases, you could probably sell him right now. And then I, I do expect Austin Eckler to return week six. Kenneth Gadewell, he's off the injury report. Uh, he was dealing with rib injuries. Um, he is expected to be a full go. However, Nick Sirianni has already said, th this one's tough for me to predict because Nick Sirianni loves Kenneth Gainwell. He has said that the Eagles will run with a hot hand. I truly just hope DeAndre Swift remains hot. If Swift struggles at all, we could wind up seeing another timeshare here. Uh, between Gainwell and Swift. Swift was, was lights out last week, so I, I just hope that he plays well. He he produces, he puts up yards, he, he gets some catches, he maybe gets a touchdown for you because 
after last week, you're probably starting DeAndre Swift, and coming off the injury, you're probably sitting Kenneth Gainwell. So I just hope that's the right decision here. Derrick Henry, he's dealing with a toe injury. Let's get this straight. You don't bench King Henry. He's dealing with a toe injury, unknown if it's a bone bruise, unknown if it's turf toe, but he, he did get a limited participation in on Wednesday, uh, did not participate on Thursday as a rest day. If you're looking at the injury report, rest was bolded on that versus injury related. And then Friday, he got a full participation and has been taken off the injury report. Wheels up on Derrick Henry. Don't even think about fading him. If you are, you don't deserve him on your roster. Uh, I'm not buying all the Tajay Spears is going to take over his role, blah, 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 or out snap him. Um, yeah, this is Derrick Henry's backfield. Now on underdog, I'll talk on this later, but I do love Tajay Spears' rushing total over 21.5 rushing yards. He's hit that. He's hit at least 27 rushing yards the last two games, even use, even on three rush attempts. He got eight last game. So I love that number this week. Aaron Jones, he's listed as questionable with a hamstring injury. I think there is a decent chance Jones is able to play this week after getting two limited participations in. Uh, but again, we, we just won't know. Um, hopefully, he's probably a late night uh, uh, notification from Ian Rappaport or Schefter saying Packers expect to. Uh, you know how it typically goes. So let's put it this way. If Jones is active, you play him. He won't play unless he's actually ready to go. And he is ultra efficient per touch when he does play. So monitor his stab status Saturday night, Sunday morning. See if he's in or out. If he's active, you play him. At least as a, as a at worst, low-end running back two flex option. Justice Hill. Hill is out with a toe injury. I believe this one is turf toe. This should keep him out for uh, several weeks. And it should be a, it, this is a plus matchup against Indianapolis and um, should lead to plenty of goal line work, meaning Gus Edwards will be fairly busy. Justice Hill had been seen, I believe he had eight red zone touches or goal line touches, and those should go, in theory, to Gus Edwards. So I, I don't trust the Ravens to, I don't, I don't think that the Ravens will trust Melvin Gordon or Kenyon Drake to, touch, to take those touches, um, and it should go to Gus Edwards. The only problem with Gus Edwards is he doesn't get a ton of targets or receptions. Um, so y if, you, if you play Gus Edwards, you're kind of banking on like a 60 to 80-yard game with one or two touchdowns, which I think is very possible this week against Indianapolis. So view Gus Edwards as a running back two with touchdown upside, probably for the next couple weeks too until Hill is active. Kendry Miller, he's coming off the hamstring strain that had kept him out the first two games. He was full go all week. Perfect timing for the Saints with Jamal Williams now going on IR. He's set to miss the next four games with his own hamstring injury. And Tony Jones is just incredibly inefficient. Tony Jones is Tony Jones. So my hope here is that Kendry Miller is leaned on in this plus matchup against the Packers. And uh, yeah, they've, they've the Packers defense has given up plenty of rushing volume to opposing offenses. So it's hard to trust playing Miller in his first game in starting lineups. If you really need to, if you're dealing with other injuries, it is a solid matchup. He's probably at least a running back three with upside. Uh, but I personally love this play for DFS purposes. I know on DraftKings, he was 4,300, fairly cheap running back option. And again, he's just if he plays anything like he did in his last preseason game, he's a much better option than Tony Jones. So I like Miller to potentially score a touchdown and then with uh, reception upside. Uh, also, Alvin Kamara is coming back week four, so next week, 
with Jamal Williams out, Kendra Miller now becomes a, a pretty interesting option if they don't just throw Alvin Kamara right out right out there week four. You know, it could be, we, we don't know what to predict, but it could be week four, Alvin Kamara seeing 20 touches or them splitting work, especially if Kendra Miller. T- to me, this week is Kendra Miller's opportunity to show the team that he deserves more touches. So I would be stashing, if you're in redraft leagues, he's actually, uh, after the pod is done, I won't pause the show right now, but I need to go through some of my rosters and actually snag and pick up Kendrick Miller. David Montgomery, he is doubtful and not expected to play this week. I'm a little surprised that the Lions didn't just rule him out, but they listed him as doubtful after he didn't participate in practice all week, which makes me wonder if he is close to playing for week four. He's dealing with a thigh Thigh contusion, thigh strain. If it's a strain, he'll probably miss more time. If it's just a contusion, I think there's a decent chance Montgomery plays next week. Uh, but we'll just we'll have to wait and see. Uh, my hope here, though, for this week is that Jameer Gibbs is just unleashed. Instead of getting stuck watching Craig Reynolds jam his jag self up the middle for two yards a chunk. So uh, come on, Dan Campbell, be a man. Give Jamar Gibbs 18 to 20 touches. Let him feast. It's his time, especially considering Gibbs and Bijan Robinson are facing off against each other. So hopefully, uh, you know, if you have Gibbs, throw him in your starting roster. Isaiah Pacheco, he's listed as questionable with a hamstring injury. He got two limited participations in after not practicing on Wednesday. He is the type of player who will push to play when injured as long as he's good to go. I'm just not sure if we want to rely on him this week for fantasy. He's kind of a violent runner. He, he, to me, he has his play style. He has a little more re-injury risk. And off the hamstring injury that he suffered last week, he already has a 15 to 20% re-injury risk. Um, you know, he's probably not going to get much, much targets, uh, much reception work. So you're kind of banking, if Pacheco plays, you're kind of banking on probably a low yardage, possibly gets a touchdown upside here. So I think there's better options. Obviously, if he's active and you, and you don't have any other good options, play him. Just know the ceiling's going to be much lower this week. Miles Sanders, he's done the pec strain. He got a full participation in on Friday and doesn't have an injury designation for this week, so he is good to go. The downside here is that Chuba Hubbard has been stealing targets and touches, and Miles is only playing around 60% of the snaps. Lower ceiling for Sanders against Seattle unless he scores a touchdown since he's not getting those high-value reception looks. The upside here is that Andy Dalton is starting, and when he was in New Orleans, he showed... You know, he, he was given running backs a 23% target share. Granted, that was with Alvin Kamara. Um, but it, with these Panthers wide receivers, I, I just don't anticipate Dalton relying on those receivers. Those receivers are not good. Um, maybe Mingo has a relatively decent game, but they're slow. They're not getting open. So there's a chance Andy Dalton leans on throwing to the running backs and getting them involved. But I still like Chuba Hubbard as a PPR option over Miles Sanders. Um, but yeah, Miles Sanders is probably like a low-end running back two option. James Cook, he's not dealing with an injury, but just to be aware of, his girlfriend just had a baby on Thursday. He's not injured, but man, I hope he's been able to get some sleep. Otherwise, he'll be dragging those feet on Sunday. I know you won't hear this, but congrats to him and his girlfriend on having their first kid. At wide receiver, Jerry Judy, he I, I wanted to touch on him because he was coming off the hamstring strain last week, escaped the game without any re-injury. He's not on the injury report. Um, but I do expect him to get more snaps and more volume this week coming coming into week three. Um, he did he did slide right into having about a 19% target share last week. So I bet he hovers around 20 to 22% when 
this week as Russ's wide receiver one. He's better than Cortland Sutton. Um, Marvin Mims just isn't getting the snaps yet. I do hope Marvin Mims start playing starts playing more. Uh, but yeah, you should view Jerry Judy as startable this week. The one thing to note here is Miami does play more zone coverage than man, and Judy notoriously feasts against man coverage, not zone. So I'll be curious if his ceiling is a little lower, like a wide receiver three ceiling um, against this heavy zone coverage. But again, considering he's probably Russ's wide receiver one, I would consider playing Jerry Judy at least as a wide receiver three flex option. Christian Watson, he's listed as questionable off the hamstring injury. The game plan for him this week was to get a limited participation in on Wednesday, not practice on Thursday, get a rest day, and then get a limited participation in on Friday. This tells me that if Watson is active, I don't expect him to play many snaps. I don't think he'll be full go. He'll probably be on limited snaps if he's active. Uh, so he, any, any snaps that he plays, he would have to be ultra-efficient with any of that volume that he gets. To me, that's a little too boom or bust for him this week. Though, you know, it, again, if you have to play him or if you want to throw him in as a, as a random DFS entry, um, he, he does have monster numbers against man coverage, and Green Bay is facing heavy man coverage this week. So if anything, maybe he pops off for like three, four catches for a long touchdown or something, but he's a little too boom bust for me. I'm sitting Christian Watson coming off the hamstring injury if he's active. Tank Dell, he popped up on the injury report with a thigh injury. He was a limited participant on Wednesday, but full participant the rest of the week. And then he doesn't have an injury designation for this week, so he is good to go. He should carry some sneaky upside here as he took the place of Noah Brown, who who he went on IR. Um, Dell went out there and earned himself 10 targets in the slot role. He's actually one of my favorite DFS plays. He's only 3,500 on DraftKings, and then... His underdog yardage is like 35 and a half yards. Um, Stroud is slinging it right now. So I'm riding the wave. It's Jacksonville. I'm not worried about the matchup. Stroud's going to be slinging it. Houston's probably going to be playing from behind again. So I love the passing volume upside here, both for Nico and Tank Dell. But yeah, I'm, I'm playing Tank Dell in DFS. Hopefully he gets another touchdown. Odell Beckham, he's dealing with the ankle. Uh, as expected, he's coming off an ankle re-injury and is out this week. This is going to be a fantastic matchup for Zay Flowers against the Colts slot DBs, who have given up the most yards out of the slot through the first two weeks. So I'm starting Zay Flowers with confidence. As for Rashad Bateman, I think the Ravens are taking it really slow with him, though he did get he went from 39% snaps to 59% snaps from week one to week two. He just didn't see the volume. He only had three targets. Um, he, he's kind of like Christian Watson. He's very boom bust for me. There's a chance, you know, the Colts have been giving up a ton of yards, ton of points, fantasy points to outside wide receivers. And, you know, this could be the game that Bateman finally goes off for. Uh, remember last year in the first, I believe, three or four weeks, he didn't have much targets. He, he only had, I think he was getting like four to six targets, but he was going off for long touchdowns, long gains. I could see this being the week that he goes off. If that's the case, I, I just prefer him as a boom bus option. I prefer him as... Uh, in DFS entries versus starting roster uh, lineups. Amari Cooper, he's come, he is off the injury report without a designation coming off the groin and shoulder injuries. Given how he stepped onto the field last Monday as a game-time decision and went off for seven catches, 90 yards, I don't think you should consider benching Amari this week. Again, he doesn't even have an injury designation. He sounds like he's fully good to go. And Tennessee gets torn apart uh, their, their DBs are not good. They have a good run defense. So Jerome Ford could struggle here. 
<clears throat> since since stepping into the running back one role after the Nick Chubb injury, which we just got an update on that. I'll talk on Nick Chubb in a, uh, probably at the end of the pod. But for receiver purposes, I think Deshaun Watson finally, this is kind of a get-right matchup for him, and Amari Cooper is going to go off. So I would view Amari Cooper as at least a wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside, as long as Watson can start clicking. DK Metcalf, he's dealing with a rib injury. He's listed as questionable. Monitor his stat- status for game time. From what I've seen, he is expected to play, but he could be limited in game. Um, probably going to rely on a long long catch, long um, explosive play to produce for you. Otherwise, he may have a lower ceiling this week. And then also has some re-injury risk. If he takes a hard shot to those ribs, he could get knocked out of the game or, or you know lose some snaps there. So I'm viewing DK Metcalf, even though he's really good, I'm viewing DK as a wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside if he gets a touchdown. Probably lower volume, more of a decoy type of play uh, for Seattle. DeAndre Hopkins, he's questionable after being downgraded from a full participant on Wednesday, limited participant on Thursday, and then did not participate on Friday with a high ankle sprain. He played last week. He was mostly a decoy for majority of the game and then wound up with four catches for 40 yards. To me, he's he's a even if he's active, he's a low ceiling play right now. I, I would prefer not to play DeAndre Hopkins just given the re-injury risk and especially knowing he was downgraded in practice. He's obviously dealing with pain. He's limited by the ankle. Um, he is. He said he is traveling with the team, and he hopes to suit up, but it's. it sounds like it's going to be a true game-time decision. Knowing that, even though he can be a target hog, volume hog when active, I would rather find another option uh, to play over DeAndre Hopkins this week, if you have it. Brandon Cooks, he's going to be playing this week, coming off the MCL sprain. He was full go the last two days of practice. Um, he does still carry some re-injury risk around 10 to 15%. And seeing last week, you know, the Cowboys funneled targets towards CeeDee Lamb without really getting Michael Gallup, their wide receiver, too involved. I don't know how much Brandon Cooks is going to be involved. I would prefer to sit Cooks as long as I have other options this week. I, I just don't like his overall upside and then the re-injury risk here. So I would sit Brandon Cooks. Zay Flower, or sorry, Zay Jones. Zay Jones is ruled out with a knee injury. He tried playing through the knee injury last week. He, he uh, only played around 55, 60% of the snaps um, and obviously made it worse. So they ruled him out. This, to me, this is a fantastic matchup against the Texans DBs who are also dealing with injuries. Derek Stingley um, just went on IR with a hamstring strain, I believe. And then their slot. DB is also injured, so this is a this is an upgrade to both Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. Um, it's always going to be hard to figure out who's the guy, who's going to be the top top target this week. I think both of them have good games against Houston. The only downside here is that unless Houston can put up points, the Jaguars are probably going to be playing ahead, and this might turn into more of a Travis Etienne, uh, you know, week boom week for Travis Etienne with limited volume overall for Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. So if we're playing both of them, the, the wide receivers, my hope is they put up some points early on uh, and, and pay off for you even in the first half of the game. Jacoby Myers, he cleared concussion protocol. He is good to go. I would label him as a wide receiver three flex option after seeing some of the data posted by Adam Hutchinson, my, my colleague there, his fellow PT over at uh, the football guys. 
He revealed that wide receivers playing in their first game back from a concussion have around a 30 to 35% production dip, which is massive. That's massive. So uh, someone like Jacoby Myers, even though he was utilized heavily by the Raiders, I think this is going to be more of a Devonta Adams big week. Um, if you have Jacoby Myers, he's view him like a, like a flex play with potential upside, PPR upside, but the ceiling could definitely be lower for him. Jalen Waddell, he was ruled out this week. Um, he did get a limited participation in on Friday, but he must have shown up Saturday with either either with symptoms or when they went through simulated contact, he didn't respond well and had symptoms during that, so they ruled him out. Contrary to clown belief out there on the concussion protocol, uh, players who have concussions don't need to practice by Thursday. They can practice Friday as long as they get a limited participation in uh, not in contact, just a limited participation in on Friday. And then they can go through, they, these players don't have to go through a full practice on Saturday. They can go through simulated contact and be cleared by the neurologist on Saturday, the day before the games. So just because they don't practice on Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, doesn't mean they're ruled out. It just means it's more of a 50-50 shot, but we'll really find out by Friday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, Waddle though, so for next week, so this week he's ruled out week four. I do believe Jalen Waddle will be able to play. Josh Reynolds, he got a full participation in on Friday, though he's listed as questionable with a groin injury. My guess is that he will suit up. He could be limited, but I, I do like him, uh, this week as a potential boom option, cheap boom option, especially for DFS. Uh, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, is active. He's going to be playing through a toe injury. There's still some reports. They're trying to figure out, um, is he is Amon Ross St. Brown dealing with a turf toe injury, or is it just a bone bruise? It sounds like it's more of a bone bruise, but Amon Ross St. Brown will be playing with a steel plate in his cleat that is likely there to reduce any excessive stress or loading through the big toe. So on that end, for, a, for Amon Ra, I don't think the toe will actually limit his production and utilization on the field, especially with how he wins, how they use him out of the slot, um, how they use him in PPR, you know, PPR upside role, high volume role. If anything, I'm fading Amon Ross St. Brown in DFS, but playing him in starting lineups. And then for Josh Reynolds, I'm playing him in DFS, but probably fading for starting roster lineups. Just in case, I, we just don't know. You know, Josh Reynolds is more of the low volume. Maybe he gets a touchdown like last week uh, upside there. Uh, if you have Almond Ross St. Brown, don't consider s- sitting him in starting lineups. Play him in starting lineups. Devonta Smith, he's he was pretty banged up after week two, dealing with hamstring and thigh injuries, but he's listed without an injury designation and is good to go. I even saw a notification that he is health, fully healthy. Um, and again, taken off the injury report. He's a PPR threat, and this Tampa Bay secondary uh, can be exposed pretty easily, especially to Devonta Smith's skill set. So if you have Devonta Smith, I know they play on Monday. Play him without concern. Make sure he's in your starting roster. Kadarius Toney, he's dealing with a toe injury. List is questionable after getting two limited participations in on Thursday and Friday. I'd prefer not to start Kadarius Toney. He's more of a best ball guy where I just... I never have to worry about if I should start him or not. Uh, I would keep Tony on your bench. Curtis Samuel, he's dealing with a hip injury and illness. He is expected to play. I would not be excited to start Samuel this week, just given Sam Howell's tendency to spread the ball around a ton. Um, There's not one main guy who gets leaned on heavily. 
And if anything, Samuel tends to be the third option. Uh, there's a chance he's also on limited snaps coming off of illness. And Washington has really mostly played Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. So I think uh, Curtis Samuel is a lower ceiling kind of guy. I'd prefer not to start him this week. Devonta Parker, he's still dealing with a knee injury. He got a full participation in on Friday and doesn't have an in- injury designation for this week. I don't think you can start Parker, especially against this Jets defense and their their cornerbacks. Parker probably sees a lot of Sauce Gardner. Um, their other wide receivers aren't very good, but but Parker being active also nukes Kendrick Bourne's upside here too. So really for this matchup against the Jets, the only Patriots I really want to play or consider playing are Hunter Henry, considering he's tight end one right now, uh, and probably carries still some red zone upside there. And then Ramondre Stevenson, um, especially given the fact that the Patriots will likely be playing with the lead most of the game. Uh, I like Ramondre Stevenson this week. Bench everyone else. Darnell Mooney, he's dealing with a knee injury. He did get a full participation in on Friday and doesn't have an injury designation this week. I would still avoid him this week considering Kansas City has a top 10 coverage grade in yards allowed per coverage target. The only bear I would consider starting is DJ Moore uh, and hope Moore pops off with some yak, some some at least some decent targets there. But I don't want to start Mooney against this Kansas City defense, especially with how Justin Fields has been struggling. Puka Nakua, he's still dealing with that oblique injury. He's listed as questionable, but Sean McVay stated that he will play on Monday. The plan is for Puka to play on Monday. At this point, even with the oblique injury, with um, the fact that it's still lingering, I think this is the second week now he's dealing with the oblique injury, Um, you, you you can't sit Puka Nakua. Just don't do it. This will be the toughest matchup yet. Uh, that he has faced this Bengals defense. They do have a top 10 grade man coverage. But again, given how much Matt Stafford hones in on Puka, uh, the volume that he's seen, you just can't you, you can't sit him. And actually, I, I put on there this may be his toughest matchup. That's a lie. You know, Obviously, last week was the toughest matchup against the Niners. Um, this Bengals defense, he should be able to eat plenty. Tight end, uh, Noah Fant, he's dealing with rib injuries. He is good to go, full full participations in all week. Fant is notice, notable as a cheap tight end option, mostly because, well, one, if DK Metcalf is limited, Noah Fant may get some more routes and targets, but also Will Disley is out with a shoulder injury. So Fant is uh, potentially going to be a nice cheap upside play here. He had uh, four catches for, I believe, 60 yards last game. So hopefully he can do some, some damage this week again. Um, nice little cheap op- tight end option for DFS too. Um, but yeah, my hope here is Colby Parkinson doesn't steal some some touches there from Fant. Dawson Knox, he is going to play despite being a did not participate the first two days of practice with a back injury. Uh, he did get a full participation in on Friday and actually doesn't even have an injury designation this week. I was hoping we would get a Dalton Kincaid solo show this week, but not quite yet. Knox comes in and ruins it, and unfortunately, Knox and Kincaid probably limit each other there. Even though they do play different roles, but just the fact that they're they're both active, a little bit of a hit to Dalton Kincaid. Foster Moreau is out with an ankle injury. Uh, I wanted to touch on him because this should be a slight boost to Juwan Johnson because they were they were splitting snaps there. Juwan Johnson should carry tight end two upside. Um, Tight end two with tight end one upside if he can get a touchdown from Derek Carr, especially considering he now won't be splitting snaps there. 
Logan Thomas, he's ruled out with a concussion as he didn't pass protocol. He didn't practice on Friday. He was out. Now, despite the solid play by Colt Turner in preseason, it seems that John Bates has been playing over him. Turner only saw about 32% of snaps last game. Not sure I would want to start either of these tight ends. Um, even if I had a stream tight end, I don't really want to play either of these guys. Again, similar reasons to sitting Curtis Samuel. Sam Howell has been distributing the ball fairly evenly between all of his weapons, and there's just lower ceilings for all the guys. You, you kind of have to guess who's going to get the touchdown. Could be Bates, could be Turner, uh, but it sounds like John Bates is playing more snaps. So if you're absolutely desperate, Consider John Bates, but hopefully you don't have to play either of them. Irv Smith, he is listed as doubtful with a hamstring strain. Hopefully you weren't having to rely on Irv Smith anyways, especially with the unknown Joe Burrow factor. Uh, Just look elsewhere at tight end. Nick Chubb update. This is absolutely insane. So midway through recording this pod, uh, I had to pause because I saw a notification on my phone that Nick Chubb reportedly did not tear his ACL, that it's optimism that it's just an MCL tear. Now, if that's true, just an MCL tear would carry just a six to eight, six to eight month timeline for recovery, and that's huge. That's huge for his surgery uh, um, potential, surgery optimism. Now, there this could be the case where uh, his MRI was a little muddied, and it doesn't appear that there's an ACL tear based on imaging. But they will they they won't truly know until they're actually in there for surgery. Um, which I, I think we'll find out in a couple days here when he does go into surgery. There's still the chance, just understand, there's still the chance that when they're in there, they could find a partial ACL tear or a full ACL tear that they couldn't see on imaging because there was too much swelling. Uh, just understand that. So with that in mind, even the fact that he, j- just say he didn't tear his ACL, he just tore his MCL, probably meniscus too. This is fantastic news from a perspective of, this could be your cell window on Nick Chubb. A lot of people were, were sitting back thinking, man, I need to dump Nick Chubb for anything I can get. I'll, I'll take a fourth. I'll take a late third. I'll take some scrub backup who's not even getting snaps right now. I just need to get rid of him. I need to get him off my roster. Or maybe some people probably even dropped him uh, in Dynasty. Now, this, this news, some people have the perspective of, okay, Nick Chubb, objectively looking at it, Nick Chubb, comes in he's one of the best pure rushers in the NFL right anytime he has the ball um, the fact that he's a monster in the gym he has high upside when he's healthy active and now you're you're telling me he could be healthy and ready to go eight months from now I'm this is a sell window you could potentially get a second out of him you could potentially get a solid player that gives you points this year without having to run the risk of in a week they're in surgery and they find out oh Nick Chubb did actually tear his ACL. This is your chance to get out on a 28-year-old running back who this is now his second significant injury on his left knee. The Browns also have an out on his contract next year, so I'm just saying it's hard to hard to sell Nick Chubb, obviously, but this could be your out over the next week. Until we find out what his actual surgery is, you could get a better price for selling Nick Chubb, so consider that right now. A uh, couple DFS plays just before I wrap up. So Nico Collins... I love these on Underdog and or DraftKings. Um, I'll throw, actually, it looks like I just have Underdog on there. Nico Collins over 53 and a half receiving yards. Tough matchup, but he's top 12 grade against the Jaguars' typical coverage. Tank Dell over 35 and a half receiving yards. Same reason as Nico Collins. Jordan Addison over 50 and a half. 
50.5 receiving yards versus the 32nd, the worst-ranked Chargers DBs. Bijan Robinson over 67.5 rush yards against Detroit. His line actually dropped from 69.5 to 67.5. I love that for him. Uh, he's he's crazy efficient per touch. I think he'll get probably at least 80 yards this week. C.J. Stroud over 236.5 pass yards. Uh, he's throwing at 40-plus attempts per game. I think this will be a shootout against Jacksonville. Same for Trevor Lawrence. I love that line. Zay Flowers over 53.5 receiving yards against Indianapolis uh, slot corners. Kyle Pitts, this is the one. I'm, I'm running with Gene from Destination Devi. I'm running with his take. Kyle Pitts over 34.5 receiving yards against Detroit. The Lions have been giving up a, a decent amount of um, receiving yards, and their games are typical shootouts. Kyle Pitts, this, this has to be the week, right? Has to. So I'm, I'm liking that line in DFS. Javonta Williams over 48.5 rush yards against Miami. Joshua Kelly over 61.5 rush yards against Minnesota. Both of those are great matchups. Tajay Spears, I touched on him, over 21.5 rush yards against Cleveland, uh, especially if they do limit Derrick Henry's touches. I think Tajay Spears will hit this. He'll, I, I think he'll get at least 30 rush yards. Rashid Shahid over 41.5 receiving yards against Green Bay. Uh, Derek, Derek Brown and Scott Barrett have both talked on him in uh, the – the Packers are bottom five in deep coverage, and Rashid Shahid should. I mean, he, he probably only needs two catches to get that number. So, And then Christian Kirk, I don't love this one as much, but again, it's a bank on uh, Zay Jones being out and Houston's DBs being banged up. Christian Kirk over 54.5 receiving yards. All right, that covers all main injuries and DFS plays injury-related this week. If you have any questions, please reach out in the Destination Devi Players Injuries channel. Follow me on Twitter or X at JMThrivePT for live updates as any injuries occur. And if you enjoy the content, please retweet, share on Twitter. Thank you, and good luck.